Hello, welcome to Fountain Pen and Stationery Season 2, Episode 9. This is your host, Collins. And this is your host, Frank. Sorry for the uh, kind of a long pause in uh, recording. I was on a little trip. I was in uh, Northern California for about two weeks, and I did not bring my recording stuff. So, yeah, I don't think you want to listen to my voice through... <laughs> through the like, iPhone? The, the the default microphone on my laptop. Uh, I mean, it is doable if we put in that post processing to it. I guess there's the yeah. Let's let's not. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. The on the go recording is a little bit difficult. To be completely honest with you, I I, I saw and I considered some solutions, but it is not easy. You probably. I would also. I'd also need to be stuck in my in-laws uh, closet for a good hour because, you know, I can't tell them to be quiet for my for my for my own sake. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or I can just find a little quiet library around the wait. Does Northern California library open right now? I've got no idea. I didn't bother. Oh, OK. <clears throat> OK, regardless, we are back for the week. And uh, I think uh, this week we are. Return to uh, regular programming instead of very focused topics this week. So it's just mm-hmm. uh, general discussion, what's going on in the fountain pen world. What are There's up been to some interesting, there have been some interesting new developments. Um, so I'm really interested in what we're going to talk about today. Oh, really? All right. Yeah. So um, let's see. <clears throat> Um, I think our first topic would be probably the new pricing on Sailor. <laughs> so, uh, what is the new pricing? It is, uh, I mean, they did not retroactively increase all the prices on their older pens. Mm-hmm. But for the newer Sailor pens, it is $280 starting. Oof. For the uh, for this, the, the um, Pro Gear Slim. Hmm. So any new released Pro Gear Slim models from Sailor, they're now two hundred and eighty dollars instead of two hundred eighty and up. Oh God. Two hundred eighty and up. Remember, Slim is their cheapest line. So and. Just to remind the audience, the original price for such models was around one hundred and eighty dollars. So right. there's there's a hundred dollar increase suddenly. Correct. I am not entirely sure where they justify the increase of this, but well, okay. Technically, okay. Technically, if you really want to say it, they're specialty edition like a re quote-unquote different color is 220 mm-hmm. but their regular one is 180 does that sound more palpable yeah well, <laughs> well i mean they are a specialty pen manufacturer like you're not going to buy a sailor pro gear pen unless you're kind of in the fountain pen realm and 180 is kind of like the entry level 
kind of like a mid-level entry-level price of a gold nib pen, right? 280 is pretty high. Yeah, especially this is their beginning line. 280 is pretty high. I mean, <sighs> but th that being said, you can go online and find the original priced pens, right? Like as you said, like the yeah, old, they, the, they are the, still the already released ones are correct. still the same price. But anything this will... that is released previously is still there. But this will filter down as older models get sold off, and the new models replace the old ones. Correct. The price, the the price increase will continue, and uh, uh, I predict maybe in a couple of years, all you see is a newer price, which is really high, to be honest with you. Yeah, th I mean this. <laughs> They've become a super niche brand at this point. Like we've talked about in the past, like Sailor being a niche brand, this would make them a really niche brand. Because they are that's... like halfway there to Mont Blanc level already, I would say. <laughs> Except they don't have the... They don't have the uh, branding prowess and marketing behind Mont Blanc. Yeah, no, they don't. And and I would... I mean, I've I have a couple Mont Blanc pens now. Sailor pens are not quite at the same quality level as Montblanc at the moment. I mean, at the same time, Montblanc, you can always see customer service everywhere. That's, I think, True. one of the best yeah. points for Montblanc is that I, I understand a lot of people buy their pen. Not doesn't necessarily are pen people, but I mean, look, I mean, at this point, we all know that brick and mortar stores far in between around across the world i mean you'll be happy to have one around you i mean here in the west coast in california we we really don't have that many anymore um brick and mortar fountain fountain pen shops yeah this yeah not very really. few the, so, the ones you do get are like the japanese kinokuniya uh, stationery stores that happen to sell a couple fountain pens here there yeah there's a, i think there's one even nice here but Oh my god, that drive is far. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, there was one in the South Coast Plus, I think, but it closed down. There's a Mont Blanc. <laughs> well, there, yeah, of course, because Mont Blanc doesn't just sell fountain pens. So, yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, Mont Blanc has customer service everywhere, uh, mm -hmm. opposed to a uh, fountain pen brand. So, uh, so for a sailor to charge this much, I really think it's a little bit too high. But I, I should caveat when I said that like sailor isn't at the quality of Mont Blanc. I mean that kind of like their entry level pen, right? If you base your entry level sailor pen versus like kind of their base, kind of like the more entry level price of a Mont Blanc pen, I feel like you're going to get a higher quality pen from Mont Blanc. Yeah, but the entry level Mont Blanc is still like. $300. I, oh, shoot. I should just realize. So uh, it is there already. Sailor. Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> if you're talking about a similar, if you're talking about like a sailor pen, like that level versus an entry level Mont Blanc pen, they're at 280. They're basically the same price now. Yeah. You know what? Let me, let me see. Their cheaper version. It is. Well, no, technically it's still $600 or $500 actually. Okay, so their entry level is five hundred. Five hundred for four five hundred dollars, yeah. Okay. So it is still a little more expensive. Mm hmm But yeah, you don't get the same presence here. But it, okay, you know what? They can charge whatever they want. The market sure. will decide. 
the market will decide whether people is gonna buy at that price or not. I personally think that they kind they kind of jumped the gun a little bit, but who knows, man? Maybe they just think that hey, if they can sell every single special release so far, and they're always out of stock, which they do for a lot of special releases, so they can they can justify to go up the price and just to try it out. Mm-hmm. I guess so be it. It's the supply and demand thing. Yeah, I, I think this is them them testing on the water. Instead of the uh, boiling the frog slowly, they're just gonna jump the gun and see how how the market reacts. Yeah, because I mean I know that COVID have really affected supply and demand of like a lot of things, right? I yeah, don't think like plastic everything. resin. I don't think plastic resin and gold nibs is one of them. Ah. Uh, pvc america did but i don't think that is that is exactly uh <laughs> resin used for fountain pens right oh. if I, I we might get to this later um but like if these pens were made of wood maybe that would be a difference and maybe it would cost 280 dollars uh i don't think wood fountain pen will increase price that much because the uh the wood price increase are basically lumbers and the uh, like woods in general that is really made for building materials like the one you turn from pants they're like all aged wood a mm, kiln dry okay. for a couple of years so i don't think it's gonna have that much impact for covid at least and i mean of course there's some increase in demand so the price is gonna go up a little bit but not as drastic as lumber right so the, so the same lumber you use to build a house which yeah, has it's not skyrocketed in price. It's not the same one. It's okay. not the same one. It's not the same quality of wood, and it's also not the same treatment of wood. So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, that price was a little bit shocking when I saw the sticker price. So, I guess I brought it up. Um, <laughs> get your get your sailor pens now if you want them. <laughs> yeah, but there's nothing interests me right now. So, uh, I don't have, I have a sailor pen. That is just something mm-hmm. I want to get in the future. But after this oh, hey. price jump, I'm not sure, man. So actually, this brings me to a topic. I just want to jump the ship and just go to it now. Is that okay? Yeah, go ahead. How's your Lamy pen? It writes surprisingly wet. <laughs> That's all I can say. It, it writes... Okay, okay. So you fill people in. Colin decided to go and buy me the mango pen, actually. Instead of just getting the ink, he gets the pen, too. As my first Lamy <laughs> pen, I guess it's kind of a... Trying to welcome convert to the, me into Lamy, I guess. Welcome to the party. <laughs> yeah, welcome. Uh, thank you. Anyway, thanks for the pen. Um, so I have this pen ink up with the orange ink. I'm not sure it's because the uh, orange ink is super wet or something, but... This extra fine writes more like a medium to me, or like a medium fine to me for Japanese pen nib. I told you. <laughs> yeah. And on top of that, is really wet. Like I thought German pens are typically not as wet as the uh, other one, but... Now, that's that's something I haven't been able to test out. So I, I got the mango ink myself, but I haven't been able to actually write with it. So I haven't I haven't seen how wet or dry it is. Um, but again, I haven't had any kind of weird uh, dry issues with my Lamy pen, so um, okay. maybe just a combination of the good flow plus a very good flow ink, it just makes it wetter. I'm not sure. But 
that was my experience when I tried out because you mostly have Japanese nibs, right? Yeah, I mostly have Japanese pens. I have a few uh, cross. Uh, I don't have a Pelican. I have, ooh, I have one Roll Train, and uh, a another unknown brand one, and the rest are Chinese and Japanese pens. I think you had a Bach nib pen too. Oh yeah, I have a bunch of Bach nibs. But those, uh, okay, yeah, okay, fine, bug tips. But like, <laughs> most of them is not original form anymore. <laughs> uh, yeah, you've been, the, yeah. Yeah, I regrind, modify most of Bach and Yobo nibs. So I'm not sure using them as example counts anymore. Yeah. So, but but yeah, I, I would agree. Like when I initially started and I was using mostly pilot nibs and then I got a, I think I got a fine uh, Lamy nib and I was like dude this is like a double broad to me what the heck <laughs> <laughs> yeah this is definitely broader than I would imagine for extra fine uh, I mean hey this this looks like a 0. 0.4 0. 0.5 to me mm -hmm. maybe so not bad it's, uh, it's not bad for every day so How's thank the, you for does that the ink, was, does the ink work is the ink dark enough to be an everyday writer or is it a little it's, light it's a little bit light to be honest with okay. you i think under the sun for a few days it might sh it might fade <laughs> <laughs> uh, it is it's a fun ink but i don't think this is a wet it, it is a dark enough ink to be like a practical long-term ink but they sound a lot of things doesn't need to be uh doesn't need to be permanent so i'll use this ink for whatever markup i need to do you'll still have this when you're like 80. Oh, I'm pretty sure I'm going to wear this ink bottle out by 80, or I'm just going to use it to make something else. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And so, yeah, anyway, thanks for the ink and thanks for the pen. Yeah. Overall, I, I'm pretty happy with this part. I'm pretty happy with this one. So, um, let's see. Our next topic will be let's talk about the Tomoe paper issues right now. Yeah, so I, I read the article that you sent me about. Um, hold on to your Tomoe River paper, guys. <laughs> yeah, it is. I think a lot of podcasts talked about it, I, especially the one I told you. I think that is from the Tokyo Inkling. So Tokyo Inkling definitely talked about it as well, I'm pretty mm -hmm. sure. So I think the conclusion is that... Uh, uh the newer the older productions already stopped the new pro produced ink from the uh basically they shut down the number seven machine which makes the otomoi paper mm -hmm. number nine machine makes a new tomoi paper um but that's also getting shut down starting september or mm -hmm. they say second quarter of this year so probably september let me after this is just no more tomoi paper yeah. Well, so. okay. Technically, technically, they say they will seek outside sourcing production. But where are they going to source it to? Because, like, okay, I'll, I'll be completely blunt here. Everyone loves Tomoe paper. A lot of people love Tomoe paper because it is, it is thin. It shows the ink color really well. Um, it stops feathers. And honestly, it's just a really consistent paper. Yep. Um, when you are making a paper this thin, I'm not, 
I don't think consistency is easy. Yeah. And if you want to outsource this, that means the the factory that you outsource to will have a very will need to have a very high quality assurance check-in process. Yeah, the quality control has to be really high. Yeah, and Oh my god, I going to get a, such a I going to get a lot of flack for this, but if you outsource to places like say China, I don't think the quality control is going to be there. <laughs> well, it depends, right? Like certain Chinese factories have a higher quality control um, than others. It just depends where you go. No, I think uh, okay, maybe things change in the last decade or so. But before, my parents and uh, their partners was looking for manufacturing in China. Is basically you need to be there. <laughs> like you need to be there consistently to make sure the quality is not dropped when you're not there. Yeah. So that means, I mean, Tomoe Paper, we love it, but they're not a big company. So did the what did the article? I, I maybe either I glossed over, but what was the reasoning for the closing? It's just not enough funding. It's or? just the machine is hard to op. It's hard to maintain. I believe. Hmm. Maintaining the machine becomes the issue now. So, like, if they were, they will probably have to either one always sample it when the ship oversee, which is gonna be like a few month delay if there's an issue with the samples. Or two, they're gonna have to have someone that stays there consistently, make sure quality is up to part before they ship it out to across the world to like their mm-hmm. Japan Japan partners, which uh, Hibonoshi Techno Brothers uses Tomoe exclusively. So I don't have no idea what they're gonna do if Tomoe actually shut down. Yeah, maybe they'll find a secondary source, but. Like, they need to find similar thickness paper that still works just as well for their 360-day notebook. So <laughs> That's not going to be an easy issue. So, I mean, to, I mean, the company had to have been profitable, right? Mm, maybe, but like... I, you know how Japanese company works. Sonic, Sonovan just doesn't like to raise prices at all. So... <laughs> I mean, I, you saw the link I sent you that like the pop that the popsicle company had to apologize for raising the price just to the economic reasons. So, like, yeah, I think a lot of well, them I mean, Sailor raised their price; they're not apologizing, <laughs> right? <laughs> well, I mean, okay, Sailor got bought out. That's another thing. So, anyone that is like the people upper hand that's making the decisions, they may not be feeling any um responsibility i'm not sure that's the right word um uh, basically right word they bought it? a new company so they feel yeah. they can you know so they figure the they can, can they can change things or change things around a little bit basically just have pilot buy tomoe river paper and then you know go to town guys like you don't even have a paper department <laughs> well they do have a notebook department yeah, just I don't start know where they got their paper from. <laughs> hey, there's a company that needs your help. That's like the uh, <laughs> you'd be the heroes of the pen world. But pi- pilots 
ink is not known for things it's that not. we love about a moi paper, though. A sailor, sailor bottom. Oh man. <laughs> yeah, and they're gonna raise this the moi paper price by two times as well. I mean, hey, people will still buy it. It's not. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's expensive, but I mean, if you use it, it's not. You, know, you can buy it. Yeah, of course. I mean, uh, I'll be honest with you. I'm currently looking at the. Uh, I'm looking to buy some notebook as well for tomoe paper. So, um, see, here's my problem, right? Like, I have enough tomoe river paper as far as I know, but now that it's closing, I'm like, well, f. Like, should I get it? <laughs> I, I think that's the issue, right? Some people well hoard. I know that for sure, because look, I think um, the Seven Seas. Cafe is already using news with moi paper. Um, mm -hmm. Some of the older, some of the other lines are still using the old one. Sake, S A K I, Sake. Um, they are or Sakai maybe like Sakai. Mm -hmm. They are still using the old paper according to the article. Okay. So that is to be reassuring. Um, so these the, brands still have enough stock to use the old paper until they start using the yes, new paper. Yes, and I believe the Galan, no, the Galan leather, their own Tamoy bond still uses old paper as well for Gaden leather. So, like I think some company around still has the old paper. If you just look it up, so it's not like the stock is completely out per se. Uh, but yeah, there was a. There was a buying frenzy, to my understanding, for a while. I, this, I might buy some notebooks up. after this. I might buy some <laughs> notebooks tonight. I'm, I, I make no assurances that I will not do that. I, I, I might. Just, just buy some, put it in some bug-proof bag, wrap it in plastic, and put it in the safe. <laughs> but see, you know, so I still have another full Hippo Noto book that I haven't even touched. And, I, and I'm only halfway done with one of mine, so I have a, a completely new one. Oh, my mom took both of them because she loves the paper. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, okay, mom, all right. I'm sure she loves the paper. A lot of us do, too. Yeah. Uh, actually, no, she doesn't like the paper. She loves how thin it is, how, much, how many pages she can put in it, which is also why people love Tomoe paper. So she, she loves you know, it for a different reason, but... You know, the article you sent me was actually really interesting because I didn't know that Tomoe River paper was used initially as like a, for Bible printing paper, which is super thin. And like, yeah, actually, the consistency feels about right. Yeah, it's like Bible printing, Japanese and Chinese dictionary printing, probably. Those encyclopedias that are like the super thin but very durable pieces of paper. It's like, how do they get it so thin? It's like, oh, it's just Tomoe. Yeah, so, yeah, things that requires a lot of, uh, it is the, uh, SSD, <laughs> not even <laughs> SSD, the, uh, the higher data density choice in the older time. Right. We need to pack more yeah. writing and words into the same volume. Right, it's, it's like your, it's the, the, it's the micro SD version of, like, your bigger SD card, like, you right. just pack more things into it. Right, and so as you think about it, once as we enter the digital age, the uh, usage of Tomoe paper is also less besides just our fountain pen enthusiast. Yeah. I, okay, since you are a Christian, I mean, when's the last time you had to buy a Bible? I, the last time I bought one was maybe 10 years ago, so. <laughs> yeah, see, it's, it's been a while. Man. So, like, 
overall it's just less and less paper usage so for them i think their sales are down too and what what who owns those giant encyclopedias you, you know those giant books i have two sets yeah but when when was less when did you buy that Oh, that was two decades ago. Exactly. Right? <laughs> I didn't buy that. I was given because some people are uh, like the richer families that I used to know are given it now because I need to update layers. Yeah. Like get their hemi down. That is like technically quote unquote outdated, but come on. It's, it's in do they still sell those? Are those, do people, do they still sell those books? That's, that's a good up. question. <laughs> Let me see. Encyclopedia, paper, Encyclopedia Britannica, I, I set. Okay, oh, so yeah. on Amazon. Um, the last set is 2000, oh, 2020. Oh, okay. I see on Amazon there is one, there's a 2016 version. Oh, it's called a World Book. I'm not sure that is the, uh, it's the only so, one, the Britannica one stopped. Okay. Okay. Because the world books said they are the only ongoing printing version. The encyclopedia Britannica printing set is going for $1,200 on eBay, on Amazon right now. Ooh. All right. Yes. So they um, are still available. You could buy it for a thousand dollars. Yes. <sighs> yeah. No. I, yeah, I think they stopped printing too. So like, as we enter digital age, some of the older stuff is disappearing. I mean, like the moment they print it, it's already out of date at this point, right? Yeah, due to how fast we update some of our turns and stuff, uh, and they do get. I mean. Yes, in a sense, but that's more like a modern turns. I mean, like older turns, dictionary words, all those kind of stuff doesn't really get outdated. I mean, a lot of scientific turns. I mean, like, so, like just ima like just imagine a world where oh, World Book Encyclopedia. We just released our new, you know, twenty book collection set on January twenty twenty. Get it now, right? Yeah. It's completely out of date at that point once it passes into February, think, March, right? Yeah, in a sense. I mean, for a while, they were updating with the newest terms, I think. I think Webster and stuff, they are still trying to update a dictionary right mm -hmm. now for the online one, of course, not the yeah. paper one. But, yeah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. It's an interesting, uh, but yeah, they would have used these encyclopedias would like would likely have used like a Tomoe River paper. No, they actually like use very thick copper plated paper. They they, they use oh, like okay. wax paper. Hmm. I'm not sure if wax is the right word. Is those words those paper that has like a shiny coating over? It, they're they're pretty oh, okay. thick. Oh, it's kind of like the textbook paper. Yeah, kind of like textbook paper. And they can be really thin. Mm, not the one typically used for Britannica. I need to dig it out of my uh, storage, well, my garage, somewhere my hidden. Math... Like huh? the math book paper was pretty thin, but yeah. So that, um, yeah, I think mine's leather bound too. Oh, so, um, 
Yeah, well, it's uh, it's ending. I mean, the the usage of paper in a sense is good, but on the other sense is uh, kind of sad because honestly, like there there's certain charm to looking through things on a big ass, super big library of books to look for things. That's just all yeah. within your grasp. Yeah, and I've had a Kindle for a while now. the The sensation of reading on a Kindle versus reading on a physical book is very different. Um, <laughs> Definitely prefer the physical book, but yeah, they take up a lot of space. Well, yeah, of course. I think uh, my house takes 60% of the space is probably taken by books into just storage oh, space. So your your garage is like, you know, yeah, that 50, garage 60. is almost like 50, 60 old books. I mean, my mom, I mean, it doesn't help that she's teaching Chinese in principal Chinese school. So, <laughs> uh, all books. She she okay. She tells me that it's for reference material. Yeah, but how are you gonna reference it when no, they're not, it's just not her, indexed her ha- It's just her habit, the hobby of giving books. To be honest with you, that's so, fine. Um, okay, so yeah, Tomoe paper. Are you going to hoard though? I, I think that I think that's the right question to ask. Are you gonna? Well, what do you mean by hoard? Um. Okay, that's that's say the rule. I say hoarding is getting more than a large Amazon box. How about that? Yeah, no, 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 no. To no, no. paper stuff. When when I say I might get another, when I might when I say I might get some more Tomoe repair, I mean like I might order one or two more notebooks, like total. Okay. Because let's see. Uh, when did I, I I started my Hippo Noto notebook? Let's see when my first journal entry was on this one. Okay, the first one was twenty nineteen in March. So it takes me a while to finish these notebooks. So I don't think I'll need <laughs> that many, but okay, yeah, one or two I'll, would be great. I'll be honest. I have hardcover. I not hardcover. I have some Tomoe paper in the cart. And to be honest with you, I'm not sure I will buy it to use for myself. I think I might buy them and store it and to give as gift in the future. Oh, it's like like th- these are artifacts from the ancient times when great paper used to flow like a river. Here, have some. <laughs> yes, have a notebook. <laughs> it's actually not a bad idea. Yeah. So because I mean, it's I mean, it's a cheap and not I, I know I mean cheap, but like it's an inexpensive gift now of a really expensive gift later. It's something that you cannot find easily in the later time. So it's actually not a bad idea. Yeah, I, I might buy a few. And maybe, maybe like when you're fifty or sixty, there'll be a up and coming fountain pen stationary kid and he'll look for you as a guru and then when he's passed his test and he's looking for your approval you'll give him one of these notebooks <laughs> maybe that's an idea yeah that's an idea that's an idea <laughs> or just a family year though here son <laughs> i give you my collection of <laughs> yes i give you a collection of white paper notebooks yeah uh okay um do you Okay, I, I know for a fact that I, okay, because I don't even use Tomoe paper like on a daily basis nowadays. I use something much more attainable and uh, scrappable. Mm-hmm. Um, do you use Tomoe paper on a daily basis right now or like for your general paper use? 
it's my regular driver because like i said like i only journal yeah i think i only i basically only use tomoe river paper because i have my hipponoto which is my weekly driver and then i have my uh dream journal which is a, a thinner bound like a 52 uh uh super thin tomoe river paper notebook oh um, wow so this yeah. news actually hits you harder than i than i do yeah i do have i do still use my um my midori paper but that's for work stuff but i don't really use that one as much and it's definitely not as nice as my other notebooks because it's much grainier and less smooth yeah midori um, is a lot more uh feedback yeah on it. It, it was I actually like kind it, of but it was actually kind of jarring because today i actually had to write down some notes for work and then i was like well, dude what the hell's wrong with this paper it's still like oh right <laughs> yeah, Midori is a lot more feedback than all the all most of the paper that I use for like a high a high class paper. I would say the high price paper. Not Midori a bad one. I just was, from the norm. It's not a bad paper. I was just shocked by the you know the juxtaposition of the different the different um, smoothness of the paper. Yeah, I think uh, at work I'm currently using a mix of Clairefontaine. Nemesai and Midori. There's just like three mm. different paper pads that's on my desk. I just grab whatever I need to use and just write it. Yeah. Oh, I might See, pick up some in the Tomoe paper pad too, even though I think I have another bound of uh, A4 left around somewhere in the office. I need to find it. But yeah. See, this podcast is dangerous. Doing this with you, like every time I talk to you, it's like, gosh, should I have to buy something else again? Jeez. <laughs> well, this, this one's not too expensive. No, 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 it's not. It's It's fine. Yeah. All right. Next topic. Do, 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 do. Um, so I have been looking into the new blue pigment. Yes, that was um, big news. And especially for us who, you know, where ink and color are such um, big parts of our hobby, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, the okay so in case anyone didn't know the ink is the not, not i'm sorry not ink the pigment the pigment is called yemen blue it is i believe a blue ink that is discovered in what year i can't remember what huh? okay recently du -du -du. within right uh last couple decade that's two decades i think uh i need to find it why enemy blue came up <laughs> I don't want yeah, so, blue. <laughs> what's interesting was like when I when you hear the word yinmin, you think like like an Asian creation color thing, but it's actually because of the elements, elements that were used to create it, which Correct. is yttrium, indium, and manganese, and then they just kind of combine the 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 elements together to kind of create that name. Right, and uh, is is discovered into was not discovered it was made synthesized in 2009 and i believe that is the first blue pigment compound found in the last two century yeah so because like okay in, in case the viewer did, uh, listen to you know blue color it is very very rare in nature mm -hmm. and uh in animals or uh, insects, most of the blue color is not from. They don't actually produce blue color. It is from like the pigment. The, 
Yeah, they're not from pigment or dye. It is the specialized structure of their either feathers or exoskeletons that actually reflect and absorb light just right to produce a blue color. Mm-hmm. Like, um, it's kind of bad, but roly-poly, if you see blue roly-polies, those roly-polies are actually sick because it is a kind of fungus that infect their shell. <laughs> or, yeah, disease that infect their shell that makes their exterior blue. <laughs> but regardless, so, I mean, the blue pigment, I think the most common one is a cobalt blue, which, of course, is a cobalt. And those are the real blue that you typically know. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, the issue of cobalt blue is that cobalt is toxic. Right. Right, and there is... Uh, uh, what's a topaz blue call? Uh, for pigment. Um, oh. I can't remember the exact name, but the other pigment is you basically grind down natural topaz and make blue pigment out of it. Mm-hmm. And after that, it's just there's really no other source of blue pigments until Yemen Blue comes around. And Yemen Blue, it is, I believe, it was originally meant to be made. Uh, some professor was basically messing around with chemicals and hoping to make like a new, I think he was trying to make a new electrical circuit compound, hopefully, or for, hmm. for electronics. And the requirement to make it was to put the chemical that you mentioned and then baked it until 1,200 degrees Celsius. Okay, there we go. 1,093 degrees Celsius minimum. Wow, To geez. make the compound synthesize and uh, form the structure in a blue color. And I do believe someone did a test himself. Um the color deepness and how the, the, the shades actually different depends on the temperature that you baked it in. Mm-hmm. So, but the good thing about this is that uh, Yemen Blue, it is inorganic and it's non-toxic. So it yes. does, it's not carcinogen, it is not toxic. It is also 100% UV repellent. Which is amazing. Yes. So in theory, this blue will last forever unless you rub it off or get it dirty. That I mean, there's so many different applications that you can immediately think of for an IR, like a, a blue that never fades. Yes. So... <laughs> um, so I'm interested in this. And I think the uh, pigment was um, not even licensed until 2015. Mm-hmm. And most people couldn't get it until probably like two, three, uh, four years ago. Crayola made a new blue out of it. They call it the, uh, uh, what does it call it? Blutiful crayon? <laughs> Blutiful? To, yeah, they call it Blutiful. Trying to uh, make a similar color to it. So, if if anyone's interested, that's the Crayola Blutiful is their their way of trying to synthesize uh, Yemen Blue. And uh, supposedly that blue is so so blue 
that a lot of camera couldn't capture it because the camera's auto correction will think that's a different color just due to yeah. how saturated the blue is. You know, honestly, I'm looking at the some pictures of Yinmin Blue, like on Instagram or whatever. It's very saturated. It almost feels like it clips blue. You know what I mean? By like, yeah, it feels like someone just turned the saturation unnaturally all the way up. It's like it can't be any more blue. <laughs> right. Which so I think a... something else in the article says that it absorbs green and red light, right? Yes. <laughs> which which reflects back as blue. But it's, it's weird, right? Because it reflects infrared light. So after the, red, after the light passes past um, red visible light, it turns to reflect its infrared light, which is very interesting. Yeah, so... The one I'm doing to, uh, I, what I'm planning to do, uh, this is gonna cost me a fortune, man. I am considering. There is a shop in Tokyo that actually sells Yemen Blue, right? The like in powdered form. In powdered form for art for uh, art brushes. Okay, mm -hmm. so I'm planning to buy it from there. Okay. Um. Because of buy course, you are. buying their grinder. Actually, I I can probably buy all the grinding machines locally in USA. To be honest with you, actually, not actually now talking to you, I just realized I don't need to buy their heavy, big, bulky grinding stuff. I can buy it locally here in California, in, in America, probably. So to save all the shipping hassles, shipping costs, yeah, and costs, and possibly breaking. I think I I'm afraid it's gonna break more than anything because it's a big, heavy glass. Basically, uh, hammer. Um, I did grind it down, and uh, with Rindy's help, I narrowed it down to a. I found a filter that is a sterilization that he used for medical use, sterilization filter that I think uh, filters anything out other than 0 0.2 micron. Okay. And to my understanding, that is a typical pigment size use in ink and ink jets you're gonna make your own ink basically yes i mean i'm not surprised <laughs> but i'll buy I your ink <laughs> uh, I, I cannot i can already see is a big mess ahead of me I've already if thought I of go, a name. Uh, I don't know. Frankly I'll, I'll, Blue. Yes, Frankly Blue. I'll send you a sample <laughs> if I ever if it ever comes to fruition, if it ever worked. But I will buy a pen just to use that in in case it Fs it up. <laughs> <laughs> Why, you don't trust the filters? I do not. <laughs> oh, come on. I'm kidding, I'm kidding. I, I, I do that just because um, it would be really funny just to do that. I, okay, so here's the thing, though. I think even if I get it and filter it out, I might have to try to condense it to make it bluer. I might have to like cook it on the stove or something. Oh my! Right, because because yeah. you're 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 literally filtering out the color by by passing it through that sieve, right? So yeah, you'll need to you'll need to um um increase the density of that color once you've passed oh, it right. through. Right, and you can increase it. I might have to like somehow condense it. So. Yep. Well. 
Kind of like the thing that I sent you a picture of before. If no one has come back in time to stop you, it can't be that bad, right? So just keep <laughs> going forward. Yep. So that is uh, that is uh, maybe the next project I look into to make my own blue pigment ink. Hey, if this succeeds, I might start making my own ink. We'll see. Hey, yeah. You uh, have your own line of ink. We can have yeah, our own, own. Um, fountain pen stationery ink collection. Yeah, my own starting line with of pigment and ink. We'll see. We'll see. How, we'll see how it goes. Oh, man. The process is not going to be cheap, though. Because, like... <laughs> I mean, look, I, I even look at the machine to grind down pigments and... Can you can you not use something like a... like a? I, I, obviously, I'm just trying to think of cheaper possible options, right? Would a, would a green tea matcha grinder not work? Yes, but cleaning is an issue. Fair. Right, there's always residues. So how do I put the next color in there? You just buy another one. <laughs> <laughs> that, that one, that's the issue, isn't it? <laughs> you, you, you're a, you're an art, you're a, um, you're a niche, a niche like uh, artisanal crafter. So you have to have a special grinder for each one. For each color, yeah, that's yes, that's not going to be color. a cheap hobby or a side <laughs> job. Yeah, that's not going to nope. be cheap at all. Oh, so, yeah. So that is my next. Um, to-do list we'll see we'll see how it goes i mean oh. if you painted a house with this blue i understand that number one it's gonna be a very blue house okay number but... one i'm gonna get the hoa complaint okay <laughs> <laughs> beyond beyond whether people can accept it or not like let's say for whatever reason you were able to paint your house with this color blue it'll be that blue forever <laughs> Yes, you just need to you just need to seasonally wash it to make sure all the dirt's off. Yes, you'll be that color. Okay, I know a family that the husband was able to get away with. He painted his entire house ultramarine blue. Ooh, it's a it's a very blue blue. You can see his house. The very first thing you turn to the street is <laughs> just the bluest things on the block, and that's ultramarine blue. Imagine you paint the house with Yemen blue. <laughs> you know, um, so our our friend Randy, um, well, he doesn't have an HOA. You sure he doesn't have an HOA? As far as I know, no. Mm. <laughs> I don't think it's going to do it, though. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he would do it either. I don't he's, think he's going to do it. But I he, can suggest it. <laughs> if he does it, his wife might murder me in secret. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be a very... You will never miss the house. Like, Oh, yeah. You know, yeah, you, yeah. Can, you could just say, oh, just go to the blue house. And then they'll ask you, what do you mean a blue house? Like, Then you could just say, you'll know. You'll know the house I'm talking about. Yes, yes. For the delivery people are going to get your plate. Just, just, just put type. Can't the, look for the blue house. <laughs> I mean, honestly, like if you had something this striking back in COVID, where like people were trying to, you know, do a Grubhub delivery service to your house, like it's super easy to find now, right? It's super identifiable. Oh yeah, of course. I mean, like oh, this is kind of crossing the other topic, my other hobby, the flashlight, right? Mm -hmm. People do that with delivering in the flashlight community. 
Oh, like you just turn the flashlight on so that people yeah, can see. Like like someone actually showed the text. Um, the delivery guy didn't know where he is, so he literally tell him, "Look for the light." <laughs> the response is, "What what light?" And next thing is, "Oh, I see it. <laughs> that one. <laughs> that one." <laughs> so it's similar to that. It's like except this works in daylight, and possibly nighttime too. Yeah, yeah, it might. I'm, I'm the only thing what, is, uh, Yemen Blue is not cheap, though. Oh, is it? Uh, maybe I didn't look at the price and like figure out like it what. is fifty dollars for fifty milligram. Oh, okay. Because the uh, the metal used to synthesize it is expensive. Actually, wait but, a minute. Hold on, hold on. Mm-hmm. You're gonna you're gonna filter. Yeah, okay, so your plan is you're gonna take you're gonna buy this blue powder and you're gonna filter it down to make your own ink, right? I'm gonna grind it down as fine as I can. I'm gonna uh-huh. mix it in water and gonna filter all the all the bigger substances, all the thicker substances. What are you gonna do with that? Well, I'm gonna regrind it again. Okay. I'm gonna you're try gonna... it out, I'm gonna regrind it and regrind it, grind it until I'm out of it. <laughs> okay. Right? Okay. It's not like I can throw it away. I'm just gonna keep grinding uh, unless I can make I can I can go to Home Depot and tell them, hey, look, can you please add this in your paint bucket. <laughs> we have a supplier of blue ink pulp in Irvine, California. <laughs> Wait, are you talking? Wait, ink pulp? Yeah, ink pulp. Like like you've just got all of this stuff that can't. You know hmm. what I mean, right? Mm, yeah okay because after i mean after a certain point you're gonna have some kind of residual that won't yeah that's that's my main concern because look as i said this pigment doesn't go away right so anything you, you, you smear at it stays you you might have to figure out what you're gonna do you might need a special area in your house specifically made to properly deal with this contain the thing <laughs> yes to contain the blue thing it's the next level of a base state blue because base state blue you just have to use bleach and you're good and it's not like you can like oh you know i've stained it let me just put it out in the sun for it to like eventually fade away right like no it's not gonna fade away <laughs> <laughs> no it's not That's... and it's not gonna wash away because it's pigment pigment lodges in things so yeah I had to figure out what to deal with it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. And I think there's another thing I want to talk about, but I don't remember anymore. Hmm. Mm. Oh, right. Last topic. It's not written on a document, but I just, I, I just saw it as so I put this brain up. For... Resin pens, okay. Especially the, um, you know, like the uh, the the one that's made from uh, billets. Yeah, like the like those <clears throat> like the blocks, and then you just kind of like drill into it. Correct. Um, like uh, Fred and Christoph, kind of like uh, Edison, uh, Kenalaya Pen Company, those kind of pens, right? Like a yeah. custom pen. That's one. Does it bother you? If the pen cap and a pen buddy doesn't line up, 
in terms of their patterns. It does. If I want to be honest, it does. But I think I, I have... I understand what's happening and why they do it that way. So it's like, sure, would, okay. Would you care enough to not get the set pen? No, I would. I still, I have two that are like that. You have two that's like that. Okay. Yeah. Because I think a very big portion of what held me off by buying pen like that are the fears of their pattern not matching. Okay. And because I know for sure that if I notice they don't match, mm -hmm. it's going to bother the heck out of me. Right. And it kind of makes sense, right? Like, um, if you know that you're not going to like it, if it's going to bother you. Because I, um, I have an Edison Nouveau pen. And so it's the body, it's the cap, but the cap also has like a, like a pointed finial. Right. That also doesn't line up with the rest of the cap. So there's actually three <laughs> sections which don't line up. <laughs> and okay, it does yeah. bother me. But yeah. I I have a I have a greater tolerance for such things. Not, not I'm not saying that as like a it's just that I don't care as much, I guess you could say. Yeah, that would definitely bother me. Like for 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 example, I had to add and subtract super glue onto the threads and the cap on the you know like the uh the Oh my god the custom fountain <laughs> oh, pen that I got from the Redditor? Uh yes. Yes, I was messing with adding the very slight thickness to the cap and the body so that it will close at the exact position so that <laughs> it matches. Yes, I can see you doing that. Yes, that's, 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 it, it took me a while to get that right, but I did it. Before. I can imagine. <laughs> and I plan to do that for the custom flash that I, I plan to get as well. And so, so like, Mm, I think for 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 resin pattern pens, unless I go to a pen show, which hopefully next year is available, mm -hmm. it is very difficult for me to buy pens like that online without having a scene in person. Yeah, it's hard. And let me see. Let me pull up my let me pull up my pen because I know that my Kanalea pen. Um, I'm not sure if it aligns perfectly, but I think the pattern is such that it, you don't really notice. That's why I don't, actually don't mind on that one. But the, Ed, the Edison pen, I do notice that. And I don't use it as, as very often. Okay. Yeah, the Canalea pen is... It, 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 um, it's not aligned right, but I don't notice it very much because it's like a flowy blue and it flows into a flowy blue so it's not really that noticeable I it's think not like some pattern is less obvious yes than the, than the others see like my the edison pen has like black circles like uh -huh. darker circles and if the rings don't line up then you just know it's like it's wrong it goes there yeah like i think this comes down to the uh what is it what is the best way to describe it the uh the threading too because you know there there's different threads that you, they can make when they actually make your fountain pens mm -hmm. 
there is, I think, the four entrance kind of threat, two entrances, and single entrance. If you do single and the single entrance, it makes it makes sure that your cap and pen always meet at the same location. Right. But it means that you're gonna need more turns to actually close your pen. Mm-hmm. And the double and quad, they 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 just mean that you takes less turn to actually completely close your pen. Right. And uh, I think. Um, for was it Nakaya Rider? I can't remember which one, but one of them they actually makes it in single thread only, just so mm-hmm. they can make sure the uh, pattern matches. always matches the same. So I wonder if any of the other custom makers are doing this. I need to probably do some research on this, and uh, to see if anyone actually does care about this kind of thing enough. To make sure that their pen always has matching patterns. But I mean, it's hard, right? Because it is something that takes more care to do, right? Of so course. It's going to reflect in the cost of the pen. Like, my Edison pen was very cheap in comparison to the other pens that I have. Oh, what's that pen guy called? Um, um, there was a customer, I can't remember his name anymore. I think he's from the UK. Oh, no, he's not from UK. Um, actually, yeah, I think he's from UK. He was a teacher that turned pin maker. Okay. And uh, I do remember emailing him about the uh, the pattern matching. And he never mm-hmm. said no. He's, he's fine with it. Okay. So I think he can do that if you talk to him and he may be paying attention to that. Because um, some people care more than others. Like, clearly you care more, right? Yes. So. Yes. Some, some people, Newton pants. There we go. Newton pants. Ah, I know for yeah. that Juan Kalani, he, he, he he's fine with it. He's fine, he's fine with that request. So... Um, so I think uh, it depends on the custom maker. Some cares, some doesn't. And so, this is completely this is gonna be completely off topic, super off topic, but it'll connect when I'm done. Okay. Okay. So Disneyland has this uh, build your own lightsaber thing. Okay. Yes, okay. I know. I I kind of regret not able to do it before the COVID, but. <laughs> The experience is awesome. Like at first, before the end of it, it was like, ah, eh, whatever. I just spent two hundred dollars for this thing, and then they make you turn it on. And it's like the experience is amazing. Like I highly recommend it if you get a chance. Um, but when you're building it, there are there's a there's a center there's a central column, and then you twist two ends to meet in the center. Okay, mm-hmm. and then you cap two things at the end of it and then you twist the ends to lock everything in okay the twists don't line up (laughs) and you know what that does piss me off Uh, that pisses me off so much it irks me and i i yeah i don't know what to do about it i i'm i don't have i don't want to spend too much effort to fix it but it does piss me off okay okay that one is middled machined, right? Yes. You can actually grind down 
the uh, receiving part, the female part, like where mm-hmm. the uh, the thread is not, you cannot see it. Basically, you cannot see a thread. That part, if you grind down that receiving part just very slightly, you can actually change how far it turns. Right. I'll have so, to. Uh, maybe I'll come over one day, and then you just help me do that someday. Yeah. <laughs> if you're careful enough, you can make fine adjustments to where it actually stops turning, and then you are lining up. So let me just say that, like, I overturned the crap out of it, and then it's really tight. <laughs> it almost lines up. So I think we can go a little bit further and make that work. Yeah, you just need to grind down a very tiny bit. Like, like you're using like a three thousand grit paper. Mm-hmm. And just slowly, slowly make sure everything is straight and just sit it down. <laughs> Sounds good. We're going to do that. So yeah. is, I'm with you on it does bother me for some things. Depends on what. Well, I mean, look, the, the, the lightsaber is a huge hulking object. Yes. So when it doesn't light, especially when it's not just patterns. I mean, pattern is mostly colors or fountain pens. Mm-hmm. When it comes to lightsaber, it is a big 3D object that doesn't line up. And you know what? It's also because when you're using the pen, the cap and the pen don't meet, right? So you don't see it when you're using it. It's just when you cap it. But right. the lightsaber, it's like you don't remove that. Always sees it. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. <laughs> so. Yeah, well, if you need fixing, I can bring it to my place and uh, we can see if we can send it down a little bit or file it down a little bit and see if it beats. Yeah. So, well, I think that's it for today's show. Um, do you have anything that you want to bring up or talk about before we sign off? No, I think that's just about it. All right, then. I think, uh, well, well, we're actually uh, right on time this time. One wow. hour. I think we've been <laughs> going over the limit of <laughs> all the previous We should be ones. better about so, that. Yeah. And some people does complain that uh, over one hour gets a little bit um, Long. sleepy. So, all right then. Hey, Collins. Uh, thanks, uh, thanks for joining again, of course. And uh, I will see you next time then. Yeah. Talk to you later. Talk to you later. Bye.